us there at that table to dine and what does that mean for us how do we apply this every day you eat dinner and breakfast every day or three meals or maybe two meals or at least one meal at a table he wants you at his table that special place that special place only reserved for those who are willing to come to the king to bow themselves to be a servant After having been established as king over Israel, David sought out any descendants of Jonathan, Saul's son, and found he had a son called Mephibosheth, who was lame in his feet. Instead of treating him like a threat to his own leadership, he showered him with blessings, grace, and honor, seating him at David's table and treating him like a son. God has done the same for you. You are lost and powerless without God, and yet he has sought you out, offered you forgiveness, and exalted you to a high position of honor even adopting you as his own. In today's message, Pastor Mark will stir your heart to gratitude for God's love for you. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9 with today's edition of Come Alive. I think we also forget that we come to approach the King of Kings. When we come to church, when we come into his presence, I think that we forget that how our hearts should be bowed. We concern ourselves with the things of the weak. As we sit here, we may be reading like, oh, man, i got to get milk at the grocery store today. Oh, i got to do this other thing. Okay, Lord, I need to be focused. Oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to focus. i got just so much going on. I can't wait to see the Texans. Oh, they're not playing. Praise God, because now we can focus on greater things. So there are those. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, So David said to him, Do not fear. Do not fear. David's saying, Hey, bro, it's cool. It's cool. Don't be afraid. I I know what you think is going to happen, but it's not that. I'm not going to wipe you out. A lot of times it's never what we think. We often think that we're too lame or too weak or unable to do something for the Lord because we've been out of touch or too far from his pasture or, you know, well, man, I really made it a point to try to be in the Word all week, and I just worked, and I got too busy, and, oh, Lord, how can you hear me? It's Saturday. I want to get into your Word, and so, well, you know, I blew it all five days. I might as well blow it one more day. I'll try to get it right tomorrow when I go to church. I'll repent. That's what I'll do. I'll sing the loudest, and I'll repent, and I'll look up even when I sing. He's like, I I don't want that. I, I just want you to bow. I want you to hear me, and I don't want you to be afraid because you can come to me on Tuesday. You can come to me late Monday night. You can come to me even after you blow it because I still love you. I'm not going to hold anything against you. And Mephibosheth had no relationship with David because Mephibosheth wanted it that way. He wanted it that way. Yet David calls him and shows him kindness in two ways. Number one, if you're taking note, that he would restore his land. 
Though he lived in a dry, barren place, he was heir to the best land. Yet Mephibosheth chose to live in a dry, barren place. And a lot of times, I see a lot of Christians that choose to live in these dry, barren places. Oh, it's cool, man, it's cool. I don't have to mow the grass. There's nothing, you know, there's no grass. It doesn't grow here. I don't have to pull weeds. It was dry and barren. And that's cool if it was just talking about the physical. But again, it's an agrarian culture. So to grow your own vegetables and fruits is what you needed to do because it mentions it here that you will work the land and you will have food. And that's for the servants. That was just for the servants. Mephibosheth gets to sit at the king's table. David tells him, you're going to get your inheritance, bro. You're going to get everything that, that you should have. Here's this inheritance. Again, we're told the same, Joel 2.25. It says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. God says, through a prophet, I'm going to restore to you the years that were lost. And that's what David says. You can't read that without thinking that what an amazing God we serve because that promise, well, they're for us. As well, he not only seeks and saves those who are lost, but he also makes up for their lost time as well. If, 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 well, if you do what he calls you to do, if you follow the way he wants you to follow. In addition to to restoring Mephibosheth's land, he also gives him a spot at the king's table, a permanent spot. I mean, he can go in there and. Walk over and be like, hey, bro, that's my seat. Yours might be down there somewhere, but that's my seat. That's my spot. That's reserved for me. And you know, we have that same reserved spot as Christians in heaven. It says we're going to feast with our Lord Jesus at a banqueting table. The cool thing about this here is I'm about to tell you how big this table, King Solomon's table, was. Now, David's might not have been quite this big, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty big. But, but here's this deal. So he gets a spot at the king's table. Josephus, the historian, we're going to go outside of the Bible. We're going to go to a historian and say, well, okay, maybe. Maybe you're one of those that think, well, you know, maybe the Bible just embellishes a little. I'm not one of those. I don't think it. I think the Bible's 100% true, other than the fact that God has these big wings like a chicken, you know, because you've got to read into the poetry portions, and those are called anthropomorphism. So we have a kind of an idea and an understanding of, well, what the Bible's trying to say, what God's trying to communicate. But Josephus, the historian, said at King Solomon's table, there were 22,000 oxen that they weren't feeding at his table. There were 22,000 oxen. Anybody ever see an ox? Those are pretty big. It's, okay, go look at a cow. And then 20,000 sheep. I mean, if you were on the Atkins diet, this would be the table you'd want to sit at. Plenty of meat, plenty of food. Josephus says this table was so big when there was a feast, Solomon would have 42,000, and that's just sheep and oxen. The other stuff, the potluck material, the macaroni and cheese, the coleslaw, the potato and cheese, 
green beans, a salad, all the other stuff had to fit on that table too. That's a lot of food. But basically what it is, is it's saying that there, you know, there's plenty for everyone. There's, there's plenty for everyone, and there's room at that table. And maybe you feel your soul is dry. And it is to you that God may be saying, come and dine and let me restore all that you have lost. Let me restore all that you've lost. Look at verse 8. Then he bowed himself, still talking about Mephibosheth. Then he bowed himself and he said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Now a lot of times psychologists, psychiatry would say, Oh, he's got a low self-esteem. We need to do what we can to build him up. And basically Mephibosheth asks, Why are you so good to me? His question is one I ask God often, is why, God, why are you so kind? I I blow it all the time. I've run from you. I've done my own thing way back in the past for so many years, but yet you're willing to restore to me the things that I've lost. And I can tell you, I have gotten to see him restore the things that I lost. When I was losing those things, I was like, man, I remember being so bummed out, so broken. And the things that he's restored twofold and sometimes tenfold. And so often I ask that and then I look back, he allows me to look back and he goes, yeah, it's true, man. I've restored things you've lost, time you've wasted. I've given you, and he lays it out. And and I truly feel that I'm a really blessed guy, a blessed man. And the things that the Lord has given me, yet, He offers to restore all that I lost, and he wants me just to dine with him, to hang out. Uh, The other night we had guests, and we sat down. We were in the living room for a little while, and we sat at the dinner table, and we had great conversation, and we, even though dinner was over and dessert was over, we stayed at the dinner table. We continued to talk. It was a great time of fellowship. And, And I remember thinking, wow, that was fun. We never left our seats. We just kind of hung out. The kids ran around. Nobody really got up to do much other than get dessert and clear plates, and everybody was back at the table. And I started to think about this. I was like, wow, you know, I bet David and Mephibosheth, once all the food was gone, they just kind of sat there and talked, and David was probably just like, dude, what are you doing living out there? Man, well, tomorrow we're going to hop in my cool chariot. I got these new spinners and rims on it, and we'll take the horses, and we'll go cruise around. I want to show you what, I want to show you what you got, what I want to give you. But yet Mephibosheth calls himself a dog. And not only a dog, because a dog in this time and in Old Testament culture was an unclean animal. And if you were a dead unclean animal, then whoa, dude, you were the dirtiest of the dirty. And he says, I'm a dead dog. I'm a dead dog. The low, the lowest of the low. See, I hope you never think of yourself as the lowest of the low. And you want to know why? Because Jesus paid a very high price for you. You are a treasure. You are a nugget of gold if, if that's the least that you are, but you're probably a crown jewel. And he paid a high price for each and every person that is born again. And even for those that aren't, that don't even realize that somebody has paid an expensive price for them. They may feel like trash. 
they may be trash. And just like in the testimony we heard on Wednesday night of a lady talking about how she was a prostitute and where she had come from and what the Lord had rescued her out of and taken that piece of trash and started to polish, started to clean, started to wash with his blood, started to renew with his word. And she now goes out and ministers to other prostitutes. She's got a a ministry called Hookers for Jesus. You're valuable to him. You're valuable so he can reach out to others. Look at verse 9. It says, And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son, that being Saul, I mean Jonathan, your master's son, all that belonged to Saul and all to his house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. See, the Lord says, bro, you're living in this dry, barren place. You can't grow nothing in the sandbox. But I want to move you someplace cool, and I want your servants and your servants' servants and your servants' children to have something. I want them to have more than what you have now, but Mephibosheth, your master's son, here's the great part, shall eat bread at my table always. Always. You could say forever. And so now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. It's a lot of people. And then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord, the king, has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for me, Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. It's stressed a second time that David wants this guy there. And for us as Mephibosheth, he wants you there. He wants us there at that table to dine. And what does that mean for us? How do we apply this? Every day, you eat dinner and breakfast every day or three meals or maybe two meals or at least one meal at a table. And he wants you at his table, that special place. That special place only reserved for those who are willing to come to the king to bow themselves to be a servant. So David's servants would provide food for Mephibosheth's family, but Mephibosheth would eat at the king's table as if he were a son. And so David had this opportunity given to him as well by Saul, if you remember. He would be able to sit at Saul's table. John one twelve says, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's all Mephibosheth has to do is just come to the table, willing to come. And because we've been crippled and just lame brain sometimes and spending so much of our time in dry, pastureless places, running from God's face, we don't know what we're missing out on. We've been invited to the king's table and the invitation sits in the mailbox. And yet we don't go and open it up. Oh, if that were the case, if somebody, if if you were invited to Washington, D.C. to sit at a senator's table or even the president's table, I don't care whether you like the guy or not, that would be a great honor just to be considered. But if you had that invitation and you were like, oh, man, this thing is way too pretty to open up, I'm not going to open it up, you would miss out. You would miss out on something great. 
So we may go and partake, but we also may return to the load of bars. I think sometimes we do that. We come in here and we partake and we're like, oh man, I just love church and I love the people that are here. And you drive out of the parking lot and you're like, oh man, back to that dry, pastureless place. But you don't have to stay there. It doesn't have to be that way. And so Jesus has much, much more for you. But we don't have to return to the load of bars. Look at verse 12. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both feet. His feet never healed. He never got up and just walked around and started dancing. But in his heart, oh, the celebration that took place when he realized and saw what he got back. What was restored to him. He gets a great invitation to sit and eat with the king. He doesn't say, king, thanks, but I don't want to bother you. It might be too much. I mean, you know, I'm a lame guy. I'm kind of crippled. And every now and then there's this pain that shoots through me. And I might throw some mashed potatoes over on the guy. Now I might make a mess. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, oh, no, 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 not me. No, king, not me. He's like, yes. He knows. He knows what's there and what's being offered. He doesn't say, I'll be there if I don't have anything better to do. I mean, some of us might not want to sit at a king's table. Some of us might think it's lame and boring to do this. But it's really not. His actions tell us what he did and how he loved it because it says he ate continually. I wonder if he was the first one down every morning. I wonder if he had somebody carry him down. Hurry, guys. Get me to the king's table. And he just sat and hung out with the king. How did all this happen? If you remember how it happened, David desired to show kindness. How can it happen for us? How will that happen for you and I? What if each of us desired to show kindness to the guy on his left? We just sat in a circle and showed kindness. I'm not going to make a circle up the chairs and say four kind things to each other and give hugs and kisses because it's not the kind of guy that I am. I trust that you're going to do this on your own. As David said, hospitality. Invite somebody over. Somebody you normally wouldn't invite to your house. And if you're invited, because we don't see Mephibosheth running around looking for dust mites or whatever those things are, dust bunnies. I've convinced my kids they've got big teeth so they don't them out from underneath the chairs. But don't go looking for the problem. Just look for the hospitality. As David said, you know, the house might be a mess. So what? But I I mean, think about it. You know, I want to lighten it up because it's kind of heavy. Do we care enough to show or desire and lavish kindness? And I say lavish kindness on others. I had to lavish something on somebody the other day. My son got into something called stinging nettle on our property. We got this, this, there's an old tree farm there and he goes running through there in his arms. He's got short sleeve shirt on and, and we always tell him, you want to always wear a long sleeve shirt. Well, it might be too hot. Well, even so, when the wind blows, it'll cool you off better. You, the sun won't sunburn you and if there's mosquitoes, they don't bite as many places and you never know what you might get into being a little boy because you always want to run and play. Well, he didn't listen that day and he ran and got stinging nettle all over his arms and if you've ever, if you've never experienced it, 
It's like fire ants biting you that you can't thump off because fire ants will stop once you rinse them off. This doesn't stop for about an hour. Some of the remedies are vinegar, soap and water. So we bought some pine tar soap. And I had to lavish it all over him. I mean, he had to sit there. And calamine lotion and Benadryl. Uh, The word lavish means just to smother someone in kindness. Can you do that? See, when Mephibosheth came to the king's table, could he walk straight? No, he couldn't walk at all. He was still affected by the sin of the fall. Uh, The sin of the fall of Adam and Eve, not the sin of the fall of his servant, but yet still if that servant would have just, that nanny would have just stopped and slowed down. See, many people hear the invitation of Jesus saying, come and dine and hang out. And many say, no, I can't. I'm too lame. I've been dropped and I cannot get over this. Or we try to hide something. Jesus says, that's cool, man. Just come as you are. I'll find it anyway. Just come as you are. So he calls you in the state, in the place that you are in, to show you the grace and the mercy and the abundance that he has for you. See, Jesus was broken so you could be healed. So you and I could be healed and his blood shed so the sin would be washed away. And he says, come, dine with me. Perhaps you'll find yourself back in that land that was once promised. That land that was once promised us, that inheritance. See, the man or woman who receives grace from Jesus, their king receives a wonderland of mercies. A gallery of amazing art. An exhibition of, well, divine power. Oh, when you really truly come to him 100% and and do as Mephibosheth, just prostrate yourself and bow yourself to the Lord, to the King of Kings, and just say, Lord, here I am. Here's your servant. You can call yourself as low as a dead dog. But how many dead dogs own a huge portion of land that get to sit at the king's table? See, his mercies are new every morning, and we should find a continual freshness in the manifestation of his goodness to us. And I'm always amazed and in awe at that every day that I can behold those fresh beauties of God's word, my master's face, and sit and just stare into his face through his word and that fresh power in his Holy Spirit as he deals graciously with me. And to watch him deal graciously with other people is amazing as well. To say, oh, wow, man, look at the grace that the Lord has. Oh, Lord, if I could be that gracious, if I could be that forgiving, if I could be that loving or hospitable, that fresh power would flow. The difference would be churches would be filled everywhere, I think. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new editions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. 
If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. We're a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.